0: Oh, we're just hopping right into it today. Welcome to the Damon Bruce show. Uh in all honesty, I clicked the wrong video, but that's good. We're just getting into it. Welcome. It is Tuesday, November 28th, and we are getting closer by the day to the game of the year in the NFL, 49ers and Eagles. It's pretty much anyone can think of here in Northern California and in San Francisco. It is a monster coming. No doubt about it. Little bit of a pushback in Philadelphia. Uh that This is, you know, the game of the year, like the Eagles are, are, you know, the game of the year opponent for everybody this year. There's a little bit of a too cool for school element coming out of Philadelphia. But if we put sodium pentothal, I think, in everybody in Philadelphia, they would have to admit that this is the game of the year for them, too. Now, going into Arrowhead, beating the Chiefs, that's a monster. You always want to take care of a division rival like the Cowboys, which they have already done. But when we talk about the vacuum of what is happening just this year, and it's got nothing to do with past grievances, past Super Bowl defeats, past NFC title games, what we have for real in this matchup is simply this, the two best teams in football. Maybe the Ravens can enter this conversation, but I don't think they're there yet. The two best teams in football play at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon, and I don't think you've got to stretch your imagination to get there. Uh, It is great to have you here. Already some of you have watched an interview that we did uh, earlier today. John Kincaid of uh, 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia, a longtime radio friend of mine and just a great guy all the way around, stopped on by for a full comprehensive breakdown of what makes this Eagles team 10-1 And one of the things that I took away from that interview, it's a great interview. I hope you watch it. I hope you click like and subscribe and all those things. Uh, Should you check out that John Kincaid interview? And I know many of you were there for it live. And I thank you as always, Plucers. you're awesome. Your support has been overwhelming and we'll get into the overwhelming support here in just a little bit. But why are the Eagles 10 and one is, you know, a question that he addressed and he says it's culture. It's the mixture of a right group of young players who are absorbing like sponges the messages from the veteran players who have been there, done that on this team. And that is something that is similar, I think, with what the 49ers have in their locker room right now. They've got a very good culture. They've got a culture of partnership between the old and the young. There isn't a tug of war for the team uh, going on between two, you know, generations of players for the lack of a better term to describe who's in a locker room older guys younger guys there's an awful lot of harmony there philadelphia also has that real true leadership from veterans i like that an awful lot another thing that this game has got in terms of those two teams are incredibly similar in this category it's a category of where's the weakness there's not a lot of weakness to be found in either one of these teams, the easy to see dangling string of weakness that the other team is just going to start pulling on and taking advantage of. Where is it? You know, where is it for the 49ers? it's maybe a bit more identifiable you could say that that offensive line play is the weakness of this team they have overcome that weakness in more weeks than they haven't but that might be the weakness of the the 49ers the weakness of the Philadelphia Eagles is is definitely no maybe it's it's hard to find Even the most critical eagle's eye, eagle eye, even the most critical eye on the eagles, it's hard to find the glaring weakness. And that is why this game really does set up to be an absolute monster. Uh, Got into a little past with Jason Kelsey and Hargrave. What did their practice matchups used to look like? Now, John said he's you know he doesn't go to practice every day, and a couple years ago it really wasn't at the top of his mind, but listening to Jason Kelsey talk about Hargrave, there is nothing but a tone of respect being struck, so take that for what it is. I think that Kelsey is a very good player, Hargrave is a very good player, and the two of them butted heads for years together in practice, and now here it is as opponents. So this is going to be... Just a monster game on the line of scrimmage. There will be no friends made. And this is why we tune in to NFL games, to get games like this. This is the game that we deserve, that we want, that we need. And it's a game that is going to go a long way to deciding who is the champion of the NFC. You know, the, the 49ers can win this game and still not have home field advantage. If they lose this game, they definitely won't have home field advantage. But for a game in the playoffs, the path to the Super Bowl will either be going still through Philadelphia or Detroit, who you can't count out. I don't think that they are on the level of the 49ers or the Eagles, but what they have is the record that could get them home field, could get them a one seed, and as important as their record, even though they just disappointed Thanksgiving morning, they've got a set of opponents that is coming up that is going to lend itself to the Lions, maybe having the best record in the NFC when this entire year is over. Philadelphia is going to have to retreat more than once in some of these games in order to make that happen. Um, And that's what the 49ers want to do. They want to hand the Eagles their second loss of the year, their first loss at home coming up on Sunday. Um, also, if you are planning on going to the game, I really suggest you listen to the John Kincaid interview because he gives a list of do's and don'ts as far as where you should be eating in Philadelphia, where you should be spending some of your free time in Philadelphia and the proper way to behave as a 49er fan inside the link. So survival tips, if you will, for those who are actually traveling to Philadelphia for this monster of a football game, it's going to be a really big one and a really good one. Speaking of really big and really good, boy, the sandwiches at Ike's fit both of those definitions. Get yourself to Ike's this afternoon. You probably can't look at another turkey sandwich. Like, yesterday was the first day that you started looking at any kind of Thanksgiving leftovers with a little contempt, right? Like, all right, I've done the turkey. I've done the stuffing. I've done the potatoes. I've done, there's really, there's no more desire for Thanksgiving left in me. I need something different. That something different can be found at Ike's. And if you need another Thanksgiving sandwich, he's got one of those for you too. Anything that you might want, anything that you might need, anything that you could possibly dream up and put in a sandwich, Ike has done it. Use the Ike's Rewards app, download and start eating your way towards free sandwiches today. Delivery is there. Think about it for catering around your office. People going to be happy when you open up a big box of Ike's. Let me tell you. I am really happy with the treatment that I got from Dr. Paul Hughes, an orthopedic surgeon who decided, hey, I've got a better idea than surgery for an awful lot of people who are dealing with knee and joint pain. And this is all the information you need right now on the bottom ticker. Go to orthopedicsurgeries.com if you want to talk to Dr. Paul about how you can avoid an orthopedic surgery with stem cell replacement. I got the Kobe Bryant knee treatment. My knee feels 25 years younger than my body. My knee feels great thanks to what this guy did and what he can do for you. All the contact information that you could possibly need, a phone number, the email, it's all right there on the bottom of the ticker. For those of you listening on the podcast who are dealing with joint or knee pain, orthopedicsurgeries.com to learn all you need to learn about Dr. Paul Hughes, who can absolutely make your life more pain-free and just better, better, All the way around. Also want to thank mybookie.ag for being a sponsor. Of course, you can use promo code Damon to get 50% off a deposit match up to $1,000. Mybookie.ag, your own offshore casino to play in, if you will. It's a a sports book. It's a casino. I mean, mybookie.ag has everything but the cocktail waitress. So get yourself to mybookie.ag and use promo code Damon for a nice 50% match up to $1,000 deposit deposit when you sign up and make sure your credit card is approved for international use cuz like I said it's out in the water baby international there are no laws where mybookie.ag lives no laws at all so the game is just going to be a monster we all know it we can all see it um earlier on the chat Easy Merks said, this is the game where Purdy can really put himself into the MVP race. I would agree with that. We still have six weeks of football remaining. The amount of things that go into an MVP discussion, again, I'm not even really starting ready to have that, but Brock Purdy, can do more to silence the critics who want to deny this man his place in quarterbacking hierarchy because they made their beds and don't want to lay in them. You know, there are a lot of people out there in the national media who have said, I don't think Brock Purdy is good at this. And in spite of an overwhelming amount of evidence, evidence that you could attach to any other player and have everyone agree like, yeah, those are awesome stats. This guy's having an awesome year for whatever reason. They're, they're short armed when it comes to giving Brock Any sort of flower arrangement, this game can go a long way to fueling any sort of MVP candidacy. And a bad game out of Brock, a bad game out of the 49ers offense would almost automatically eliminate him from any consideration. But it's a monster game an absolute monster game who would have ever thought that anyone thought that the in-season tournament was offering monster games stacy leo by the way stacy nice new avatar uh big game tonight and sunday bay area tonight of course being warriors and kings the final night of group play for the in-season tournament which was it good for the NBA? Is it bad for the NBA? I don't think it's bad for the NBA. I don't think it's great for the NBA. I think it just is. And we'll talk about the in-season tournament and what is and is not about it. But uh, Stacey is in. AJ Cruz is in. Good morning, Plusers. Dubs wipe the Kings tonight. Again, there's, there's excitement about a play in game. Let's get this holiday season started in style. Get a win over the Kings tonight. Yes. Uh, How about this? I don't care what happens with Warriors-Kings tonight. If the Niners can go in and beat Philadelphia, I'd be be glad to sacrifice a night of Warriors basketball and all the human sacrifices that are involved in that. If you can guarantee the 49ers a win in a, if you want to be a one seed, you must win this game scenario in Philadelphia. Uh, We will get back to the chit-chatting in just a little bit, but thanks to everyone for being here. Thanks for all the support. It really is overwhelming. 22 subscribers away from 9,900. We are making that march to 10,000. You guys are leading that March by sharing, by liking, by subscribing, by telling your circle of friends about the channel, by saying, you know what, if you're tired of a whole bunch of hot take artist nonsense and you just want someone who's actually talking about sports like, I don't know, an adult, someone who's got a little experience about talking sports, this might be the channel for them. This might be the channel for them, so share it with yours and people who are like you and a lot of like-minded minds are in the chat. And I'll tell you that yesterday, just yesterday, was the second most viewed day in the history, the short history of this channel. The most viewed day was the day of 49ers Cowboys. The second most viewed day was Monday of Eagles week. So it feels like a big game is certainly coming our way. Uh, Over last month, we have a 364% increase in viewership. I don't know much about math, but whenever your gains are, you're doing 364% better than you were a month ago, that means things are working. That means either the algorithm or you are clicking in or kicking in. I don't even understand this damn instrument yet. I only know how to play it, but I don't really understand it. But we're starting to figure it out. And again, thanks to all of you for an overwhelming amount of support. It means an awful, awful lot. Uh, Let's see. What else have we got? Some NFL news to share with you. you. How about this? Jalen Hurts has officially become the first quarterback in NFL history to have three straight seasons of 10 or more rushing touchdowns. And this is something that John Kincaid and I talk about. How dangerous this guy is, not just as a running quarterback, but as a legitimate goal line back. The brotherly shove has turned Jalen Hurts into into Mike Allstott, basically, where you're just sitting on the two-yard line and you all know what's coming and you can't stop it. You just can't stop this guy. He squats 600 pounds. He's got a nasty offensive line in front of him. And the 49ers, you want to talk about a good way to establish a little tone in this game, if possible? Let there be an early fourth and short where... The Eagles go brotherly shove and the Niners with Armstead and Hargrave and a crashing Fred Warner, if that's what it takes, a crashing Jair Brown coming over the top. If they stop an early brotherly shove, daddy, that is going to be a sign that it could be the 49ers afternoon when it's all said and done. Also. Little news from the NFL. We've got uh, Hall of Fame semifinalists have been cut down to 28. Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates have been added in their first year of eligibility. Tiki Barber, I believe, gets in in his first year of eligibility. Now the list of 28 eventually gets cut to 15, and then the Hall of Fame class is selected from that final 15 But where we are is uh, eight players who made it to the final stage in last year's class return as semifinalists. Jared Allen, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Torrey Holt, Willie Anderson, Darren Woodson, and Patrick Willis are returning as semifinalists after last year being their first year of eligibility. God, Patrick Willis was so good. I mean, he if the 49ers had won a Super Bowl on his watch, he's probably already in. That's how good he was. Anquan Bolden, Eddie George, James Harrison, Ricky. I only need the ball 33 times to be effective. Waters is, uh, they're, they're all also among the other finalists A full list can be found on ESPN.com. We're not going to go over each and every name, but, uh, hall of fame votes starting to shape up around the NFL. Patrick Willis is certainly deserving of being a hall of famer. There's no doubt in my mind, that guy was a hall of fame player. And you saw it when you were looking at him in real time, you know, certain players just leap out of the film. Leap out of the game you're watching with your own two eyes. And Patrick Willis was basically always that player, was always that player. God, he was awesome. Rock Eastwood says, I'm here in in Pennsylvania. And believe me, they know this is the game of the year. And Michelle is on to host tendencies, probably better than anyone. Might have already had the real sip of the day earlier with John Kincaid. Again, the coffee went on early this morning. So this is a uh, perfunctory, a performative sip of the day for you. So you can cash those winning tickets. If you had the, I don't know, I don't even know what the line was. Over, under, I don't know. But here it is. A performative sip of the day more than the real sip of the day, which happened in between the Kincaid interview and the show that you're watching with your own two fans right now. All right. What else we got going on here? We got spicy Clay Thompson. Did you see his exchange with Tim Kawakami? It's all over Twitter, obviously. Clay bristling at the suggestion that Steve Kerr maybe bench him or Andrew Wiggins. And I love it. You know, I love that Clay is talking about the respect that he's earned and the respect that, that Kerr has for the core of the dynasty. And he even goes on to say, and I quote, I don't care what people say. It's like they don't want They don't they don't do what we do. They can't do what we do. That's why they talk. Why would I like? Come on. I don't care what people say at this point in my career. And then he dropped the next question. <laughs> Tim Calcami. You know, I love it. I do. I love the fire. I think I, I speak for everyone watching. If you are a Warriors fan, you got nothing but love for Clay Thompson. You want this to turn around. You want to see the market correction in all of his shooting numbers, in all of his splits, in all of his on-court minutes. clay has been off to a slow start. We've seen slow starts get pulled into much better performances in years past. But we also know that this is a, a, a final year of a contract. And I don't know if that's weighing on Clay. I don't know what the problem is because he seems to be healthier than he's been in any point in time. It's just the shots aren't falling. And Clay Thompson's value to the Warriors is directly related to that shot falling. And if that shot is not falling... It's not like the defense is where it used to be. It's not like the on-court presence in terms of being a rebounder, which he's never been much of, or an assist man, which he's definitely never been much of. Clay's earned the benefit of the doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, more so than Andrew Wiggins. The amount of patience with Andrew Wiggins that we're seeing, I think, is a bit undeserved. I'll give Clay about 10 more games. About 10 more games to find this market correction before Moses Moody should be thought about as this team's starting two-guard. We've seen Steph Curry come off the bench. We've seen Draymond come off the bench. Chris Paul, for the first time in his career, is coming off the bench, and if it's good enough for those three guys, it's good enough for Klay Thompson, too. I love that Klay is trying to circle the wagons around his own reputation, around his own resume, and... He is the perfect running mate and has been for years with Steph Curry. But it's getting to the point where I'd like to see what Moody might be able to do and unleash with the lack of attention that you would be paying to him if he were to join that starting five. And this isn't a benching. This isn't a, oh, you go away and don't play for a road trip level benching. Should it happen to Klay Thompson? It's just a move to the bench, which, again, Steve cares about his players. He cares about that locker room. There's a point in this year where he's got to care about winning the game more than not stepping on anyone's egos or toes, and they might get there quickly. There's a little bit of a weird, odd schedule coming up here with three of the four next games after the Kings game Tuesday night. Three of the four next games are against the Clippers, who are a little bit of a mess, so you don't want to be dropping games to teams that are messes. And then you got a date back in Phoenix who have a gear that I don't know if the Warriors have. So big games coming up, big moments coming up for this Warriors team. And a decision on Clay and Wiggins, whether Clay wants to deny it really being on the radar or not, might need to be made by a coach who owes it to his franchise to win games more than he owes it to Clay Thompson to just be patient with him again, I say all, the, it's like ripping Santa Claus. It's really hard to rip Santa Claus. We all love Clay. Clay has been one of the easiest to root for, one of the most welcome guests you could ever find in terms of beloved Golden State Warriors. But there needs to be a market correction and it needs to happen quickly. The Warriors right now have played about 20 games and they're under 500, not by much. It's a game, but they're, they got a losing record right now. And when things spiral out of control, they they seem to spiral out in bunches. Good news going into Sacramento this evening for the Warriors. Draymond is back. What does that mean? It means the best version of the Warriors will be out on the court. Hopefully a little maturity follows Draymond into many more contests than immature decisions. And when you get a war daddy Draymond, the Warriors are at their best. (coughs) Pardon me. Keegan Murray is doubtful. Alex Len is out. Keon Ellis is questionable. The Warriors are injury-free. Not a single name is on the Warriors injury report, so the Warriors are going in full strength to Sacramento to play the Kings for already the third time this year in the final game of the group stage. Final night of group play. No one can really follow it. No one has enough time to do point differentials across the span of three different games. Uh, look, has the war has the NBA's in season tournament been a success? They've had some good games. I think viewership has ticked up on Tuesdays and Fridays more than it did just a year ago. So some fans are buying into this. But most fans couldn't tell you who right now is looting, leading a group stage or really care or know any element of any tiebreaker that any team might need to establish to get themselves to the top. Like I just it doesn't really matter, but it's okay. I think, I think what it's given is a little bit more competitive basketball at a time where teams are feeling each other out and probably we're going to compete anyways it's not the in-season tournament should be deeper into the season it really should be you know february march are when the is are, are when nba teams start just kind of going through the motions that's those are the dog days of the basketball season more than the early part of the basketball season where teams are just trying to establish early pecking orders but the in-season tournament i don't I don't think you can make the argument that it's been a failure it's been some games feeling more competitive on very ugly courts. Like, that's how I'd sum it up. That's the elevator pitch of what the in-season tournament has been so far. Now, maybe the teams get to Vegas and have a really interesting this-is-your-championship round of all this, and we'll lean forward and lean into it and watch somebody pick up a, a decently designed trophy and say, oh, good. But there's, you know, beyond the player's getting more cash, there's really no there there for any fan to care much about this. It's not like you get a lottery pick or you get a multiple game bump in what would be your seeding and there's a real bonus element that'll pay off for the actual playoffs, which matter a lot more than this. Here's, I guess, when it's all said and done. I don't hate the in-season tournament, but I'm not going to carry any water for it either. It is, and I hate the saying, it is what it is. It's there. The in-season tournament is there. Enjoy if you like. Enjoy if you will. When it comes to having any baseball in Oakland, there could be a new element of there Over there, saw a story on ESPN.com that uh, area fans have started the Oakland B's, and the B stands for ballers. I get it. It was the A's, and this is the B's. Uh, The team is going to be playing starting this coming baseball season as an independent Pioneer League team. They're going to wear green and gold, and... You know, you can't help but root for a grassroots thing started by a couple of pals named Paul Friedman and Brian Carmel. Uh, They've even hired former Mariners manager Don Wakamatsu as their uh, as their executive VP of baseball ops. Um, You know, but it's here's what it is. It's minor league baseball. It's minor league baseball. I don't know how much minor league baseball is going to capture the imagination of anyone, but wouldn't it be great if this team really did set up shop to play at Laney College and they are outdrawing the A's? That would be fantastic. I'd love to see that headline, but where does it go? What does it mean? What does it really do? I I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to root against people who care about something that was taken away from them. I'll be rooting for this team to succeed. I'm also going to tell you that I've never met anyone who said, yeah, I'm buying tickets to go see Pioneer League Baseball. But maybe this and maybe there'll be a spite fan base, you know, a spite base. Maybe that's it. That's what they're counting on. All right. You know, good luck to them. Good luck to them. Before we get into Club Plus, I have an announcement to make. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger Woods looks like he's going to be picking up the clubs. 15-time major champion Tiger Woods said that the intense pain in his right ankle and foot are gone. Maybe he saw Dr. Hughes. He should have. The pain that kept him... From finishing the Masters, he pulled out after playing poorly in that third round there. He is going to be uh, picking up the clubs at the Hero World Challenge down in the Bahamas. He's the host of the tournament. It benefits his foundation, so he's got reason to play. But he's also given press conferences saying, I feel good again. I feel like I can compete and win again. And you won't see Tiger, he says, on the golf course if he doesn't think he can compete and win Maybe we do get a last chapter of Tiger Woods that begins. I hope so. I would love to see the last chapter of Tiger Woods. We've seen the entire story. We know how it started to unravel. We know it got even worse with the accident, which caused him to have surgery, which is now no longer bothering him on that ankle. So let's see. He turns 48 on December 30th. 48-year-old Tiger Woods. God, I still remember him throwing his arms around his dad and the tears coming out of his eyes after his first Masters. Oh, my God. We've gotten old together here, Tiger, haven't we? He played only five PGA Tour events since he was hurt in that single car crash outside of uh, Los Angeles. This past season, he tied for 45th at the Genesis, and he carded a 73-74 before withdrawing from the Masters, according to ESPN.com. He is currently ranked 1,328th in the official world golf rankings. So inaction breeds a huge fall there for Tiger. But we'll see if he's got one more in him. I hope he does. All right. There's one thing we're never going to do here is waste your time and trying to ring four hours of bullshit radio out of everything that we just told you. I had a feeling that you were paying attention and we don't need to repeat ourselves incessantly. So that's the beauty of YouTube. And that's the beauty of this community. And I thank you for being a part of it. I thank you for so much support. And oh, by the way, we are 20 subscribers short of 9,900. So please share, please like, please subscribe. If you're someone in here new watching, you kind of dig and you're, you're picking up when I'm laying down, please go ahead and hit subscribe, hit notify. You really want to get advanced. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making this podcast grow as well. If you're listening to the podcast today, I thank you so very, very much. I encourage you to listen to that John Kincaid interview, which is also available uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. And I appreciate you being here. Sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.